Welcome to the Triple Confirmed Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato, a six-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. Today's date is December 14th. This is 137. And what a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday it is to be alive and in the crypto markets, my friends. We have a lot to talk about today. Uh, potential pivoting coming out of the FOMC meeting that happened today. Jerome Powell came in, gave us some very good news. So we will be discussing that. And as well, obviously, we saw some pretty hard reaction as well in these spaces. So, as always, my friends, let's start by taking a look at our macro just quickly because we already have looked at it on Monday. Not a whole lot has changed since two days ago, but we can take a look regardless just to make sure everything's in line still. So what do we see? Well, really just continuation from Monday. We, the only thing we've done is slowly push our way up. We are trading about three to $500 higher than we were a couple days ago. So we're in good shape for continuation. The money flow still pushing its way towards the upside. Wolfpack almost, almost, almost back through the zero line, which would potentially confirm the divergence that we're seeing in the midterms and the midterm macros. So, yeah, we're uh, honestly looking great in the macro perspective as far as Bitcoin and ETH go. Nothing, again, has changed since our outlook on Monday and also as of last week's meetings that we've had. Just looks like continuation up for now to me overall. And I don't really see that changing anytime soon, especially with the news that we got out of the Federal Reserve today. Uh, when we push ourselves into the midterm macros, we can just see a b- little bit of a better picture of what's going on there. Potential for a three-day confirmation coming up on Bitcoin in the next three hours. That's very exciting. We can see money flow pushing itself into the green uh, for the first time since back here in March and April of this year. Um, obviously, that was the push from 38 all the way to 48 the last time and obviously a very shortened time period that we were actually in the green as far as that goes. The last real time we were in the green was back in August of 2021, which was obviously our $30,000 all the way to $68,000 and back down. So potential for some good stuff here. Again, we've got a macro divergence going on. That's huge for us here. We haven't seen the setup in a reasonable amount of time. Um, And again, we have divergence starting all the way back here from June of 2021, at least as far as the wolf pack goes. Doesn't really show up on our market liberator or our money flow, but the recent divergence that we do have right now setting up, that's potentially about to confirm in the next couple of weeks, um, is on all three of our indicators. We can see higher lows across the board and lower lows, at least on Bitcoin. Everything on Ethereum seems to be following along as well. We're maintaining a higher low format, playing off of previous divergence potentially here. Yeah, overall looking pretty good. Our FIB lines have all extended to the upside. Uh, Market structure is still against us here, but potentially turning around over the next couple of weeks as well if we continue our jaunt upwards. When we get down into a little bit more of the meat and potatoes, 
meaning our daily. And what do we see? Well, bouncing off of our zero line as far as ETH goes, Bitcoin as well. Double bounce off the zero line, money flow increasing, re-triple confirmation as we already were, triple confirmed as of November 30th and November 25th on ETH. So we're in very good shape. Our trades have been going very well. Obviously, our swing position that we took the last week of November is very much in profit. Potential for a re-entry coming up either now or in the next day or so. I would look at it maybe as a two-parter re-entry, some sort of something like so. We've already gotten rejected off of that 18300. We're back towards 17800 right now. Definitely a bit of a spot to be adding back in, but at the same time paying attention to our shorter term time frames to see if we don't get continuation lower. The hourly seems to be setting itself up for trying to go lower, but we're also fighting against market structure here at 17750, which is going to try and hold us up essentially and push us continuing towards the upside. We can see that we haven't we haven't even started extending towards these fibs. We came towards our 618. We hit it. We rejected. We've come back to market structure. It's a very normal reaction as far as these things go. And we're essentially just looking for continuation higher lows and everything from then on out. We can also see a bit of hidden bullish divergence potentially working in right now. So I don't think that we have too much downside to worry about in the shorter term, midterm, as far as everything goes. When we get down into our four hour, we can see again, just shorter term rejection. We are coming back down. We are potentially playing off of a bit of bearish divergence as well on the four hour charts. So, you know, again, the hourly may end up breaking the market structure, but I believe that we'll hold the four hour market structure overall, which is sitting down here at 16,800. And for Ethereum, we're sitting at about 1240 overall. So again, looking for those higher lows. 382 seems more of a reasonable level to be coming back to for a retest of ETH, sitting at about 1280. And as far as Bitcoin goes, that same level of support sitting at about uh, 17200, 17300. So if we are going to get continuation lower in the shorter terms, those are the zones that I'm looking for for retesting. Hopefully, higher lows and continuing up, just continuing to form this rounded off bottom. Let's come over here to our US tenure and our Dixie, because they obviously have been making massive moves over the last couple of days. Well, US tenure, not so much, but the Dixie continuing to break lower and lower. We are pushing through that key level support zone right now at about 104, 105, sitting at about a 103.6 right now. Very good news for the crypto markets and the S&P as far as everything goes. We can see that daily again is getting rejected for a third time as it's continuing lower. It's quite a bearish sign that obviously our money flow continues to increase to the downside. Wolfpack continues to get rejected, staying in the red. And I believe that we're potentially flagging for some sort of next move down towards 100 points on the DXY. Just as we had a fall from 111 to about 105, 10, yeah, about 105, and be looking for about the same thing. Maybe we push below 100 points. I think that would really ignite the fuse for the catalyst of just expansion on an explosion in price action of the S&P and all the underlying assets. I think that would really set us in motion 
for what's to come over the next six, eight months, 12 months. U.S. 10-year, as I said, really hasn't reacted in the same way that the Dixie has. It's coming down a lot slower, not essentially a bad thing. We are starting to see some midterm bullish divergence stacked up, which would work in line with working out a lower high, as we were kind of hoping for here. We are on key level, major level support right now, as it is at about 3.5%. What we talked about in the last meeting was potentially some sort of bounce coming back towards 4%, working out a lower high, and then breaking through the key level support and potentially retesting or getting close enough to retest for another lower high and then starting to work our way down towards 3%, 2.5%, whatever that may be. So we're very much in line with what we were looking for, what we've been talking about. Nothing's really changed. Again, the U.S. tenure is, you know, still only three weeks into a weekly TC down with bearish divergence going on. So, you know, we still need to flip this weekly structure. We still need to retest a ton of these levels. We can see why we're bouncing in this zone. It's our weekly 382 Fibonacci level. Makes a lot of sense for us to come back into the 236. Again, rejecting off that level, then pushing through, hopefully breaking this multi-year rising wedge over the next, let's say, two to three to four months. I would say February, at most, we should be breaking through and more than likely retesting, rejecting, and, and turning everything around to the downside. So that's my timeline for the U.S. 10-year, probably about two months before we see clear concise break of this pattern pull this line away just to make it a little clearer for you guys again this is a rising wedge that's been going on for two years almost three years straight some of our very important major levels are going to be sitting at about two percent to one and a half percent i'll be looking for that zone to get retested definitely if we do break down from this rising wedge that'll again major target so it's going to take a long time to get there Two and a half percent, obviously, with the 618 coming in, very key level as well. But I think as soon as we start to break through this rising wedge, I think that the market structure is going to start flipping over and we should see some sort of top formed Fibonacci's extended to the downside, as we do see with the Dixie. Almost the same setup here, just in a shorter amount of time. Now we can come over here to our SP, take a quick little peeky peeky look, see what we see. Starting off with our macros. Weekly is just, just going into the green money flow. Really, I mean, pointing very aggressively to the upside. Obviously, we are seeing rejection in the shorter terms in this level because it's such a key level, major level reject, uh, resistance level. But we have to keep in mind that our weekly is TC'd up. We're just going into the green money flow. And it is trying to essentially fake you out, I believe, at this level of 4,000. I don't see any other reason why it would be doing this flipping back and forth in this zone. This is the most key level resistance we have right now at around 4,000 to 4,100. So we need to keep that in mind. But as you can see how the candles are playing out the last couple days before this last candle, we're trying to reject. We had a doji reversal candle rejection. And now we're actually seeing a very bullish hammer candle, which is essentially a reversal on a reversal candle. Things are starting to look quite positive again for the stock market as far as candle closes and as far as momentum goes. Uh, we start to break ourselves down into smaller time frames daily, 
We can see that we did TC up on yesterday's close. Bit of a doji going on today, obviously, with the meeting. I wouldn't take that, you know, more than with a grain of salt. Essentially, you know, the FOMC meetings always have fluctuation. It always seems to be more neutral than anything. It'll have a crazy spike up. It'll come all the way back down. And then it'll kind of settle out somewhere in the middle. And it's exactly what we've done. We extended all the way to 4,050. We came all the way back down to 49.66. And where have we closed? Right at 4,000. Right in the middle of the whole price action candle. So again, we are TC'd up as far as daily goes. Um, we would want to see the daily momentum start to pick up again. Maybe a re-confirm. Actually, we don't even need a reconfirmation at this point. We haven't gotten a red dot. We're not in the red money flow. In the red wolf pack, rather, sorry. And we haven't seen a potato signal to the downside. So that's what I would be looking for there. As far as shorter terms go, probably a little bit more downside to come. Potential for a retest of 38.90, 38.80 could be in our future in the shorter term. I don't think, again, that would be a bad thing. Just retesting the key level support as it is and just holding up here at resistance, essentially weakening and showing strength in the bulls. If we can get through these levels, if we can break the market structure of 4,100 and we can push ourselves above that level, the next key level, major level, is going to be sitting at around 4,450. So quite a significant jump uh, between these resistances here. And we would essentially continue to form out some sort of potential W pattern, bat, harmonic, whatever that may be, from 4,450 or even if we spike up to around 4,500, I would be looking for some sort of rejection higher low back into resistance of 4,100 or maybe 4,200 just for some sort of higher low retest. Again, that's probably coming towards January, maybe start of February type of deal. If the Dixie continues to slam down, if we do end up you know, confirming this bearish flag type of deal and we take another fat step to the downside, uh, it makes a lot of sense for the S&P to take that fat step to the upside a couple hundred points. I still think that we're going to kind of range our way through up and into 4100 before actually taking a big step to the upside here. But again, building ourselves up at resistance, not a bad thing at all. Yes, okay, so let's talk about the FOMC meeting that happened today. If you guys were not around for that, Jerome Powell did announce a 0.5% increase, which is obviously the first lowered rate hike that we've seen in over, I believe, eight or nine months. So a huge step in the direction of starting to potentially pivot in the future. Obviously, we're still going up, so it's not an overall, you know, perfect situation. It's not anything amazing, but it is a huge step in the right direction. And as long as people are realizing that, that things are starting to cool off, inflation is starting to cool off, um, and the Fed is starting to loosen their grip on this whole thing, then again, you know, we, uh, we should see relief across the board for almost everything. We have also good news coming up uh, with, you know, Sam Friedman or Sam Fried, whatever, the, you know, the FTX fella, um, obviously going into court. I honestly, my perspective of the whole thing is that, you know, they should have arrested the whole team Honestly, the whole Alameda team, his girlfriend, their 10 co-workers, whatever that may be, 
I don't think. I think that this is just the beginning of a whole shenanigan shindig to come. He's going to be the first stone to fall. And then hopefully they, you know, continue going after the rest of these people. So, but overall, I think, again, good news coming out for everything in general. The fact that they're dealing with it, the fact that they're moving forward with uh, charging him. And uh, yeah, it's a good thing. So we'll have to see how the crypto markets react to the whole thing. I think the, the date of, of the court case is going to be a decent day in, uh, in the markets, funnily enough. So something to pay attention to again, you know, just uh, just usually how these things go, you know, news reaction sparks a lot of cataclysmic moves usually. Mm-mm. All right, Pio, my friend, I see you hiding in the back. Do you have anything you would like to add today? Anything going on with oil? Anything going on with the euro? Obviously, as the U.S. dollar continues to uh, reject off of everything else, the Dixie continues to fall. Is there anything you'd like to add? Or anything that you've noticed today that was interesting? I think it's just, you know, um, pretty much, uh, as we, we've spoken about, you know, it's it's pretty predictable what's happening in the short term, you know, as, you know, you have CPI prints and then you've got a decision for the Fed to make. And, um, you know, what was printed yesterday, the general trend at this point in time for inflation expectations is, is, is beneficial to... Um, you know, to to where the charts are at, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I certainly am still kind of like, uh, I think Flywater put it great in the chat yesterday. You know, we were talking about uh, a more high rate environment going forward, and it's the shoes that are yet to drop, uh, and they are starting to, you know, you're starting to get like mini earthquakes, swarms about asset classes that, and equities like Open Door will not survive. You know, Zillow will not survive. Lots of businesses won't survive with rates where they'll probably end up, you know, even though we're looking at a pivot from here. Um, so I think it's time to be selective, but certainly uh, direction up for now. Um, like the euro as well, it's interesting that the Fed kind of went first. So now the ECB will probably raise rates by 0.5, mm-hmm. which, you know, you kind of have to factor in the kind of, the step behind the Fed that they have been at um, in terms of see the reaction, even though it's the same amount, you know, they're mm-hmm. still more or less in a kind of ramping up phase. They mightn't get to 0.75 or they might. You don't know with the ECB, but um, I think certainly I'd see the euro appreciating against the dollar correlating with the Dixie kind of breaking down a bit, which is also a sign that people are willing to pull their cash out of the dollar and shove it into something, you know. And of course, if there's you know, still an inflationary environment, equities probably the best place, you know, to um, to beat that. So I think that is a good kind, of, good environment for for crypto right, for the next couple of months. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to give us the cooling off period that we need, the sideways boringness that I think we need in order to really start to ramp things up into potentially, you know, mid next year or maybe even even 2024 if things take longer than expected to uh, continue. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, removes the selling pressure. Did you did you catch a lot of what uh, like information came out yesterday? I I did not. On FTX? No, 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 just with the reports um, with the Fed is it? Yeah. 
Um, I think we're, you know, I think they're heading to six percent rates. I think they're gonna they're gonna sustain them there. So I think what's their trajectory? I think their trajectory is another 0.5 or a 0.25, and or then they, hey, we're not going to make any decision. And then the guessing game begins. Okay, what are they going to do next? Are they going to start bringing them down? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's far too far down the road for anyone to predict right now. Because yes. say we have an inflection in inflation in CPA next year. Let's say we have a you know two months month to month increase from you know, mm-hmm. then the Fed are going to say, hey, we're at whatever we are now, and we're actually going to get that into the last couple of months. So we're actually going to raise by 0.25 market then you know the whole pivot argument kind of crumbles down even though it might change around in the next two quarters beyond that so it could be a couple of twists and turns i guess is what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. um but for now i think our, our picture that we've we've looked at and pulled apart i think it still makes a hell of a lot of sense from here um so yeah i think i think that's the message really that i've kind of distilled uh, and what i i believe a lot of the more kind of um Critical thinking kind of um, commentators in the market are, are, you know, they're just, they're just playing a quarter by quarter right now. I think that's the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, or you touched on FDX and stuff like that. Um, I think I saw there was a couple of million, tens of millions uh, given to um, a, uh, what you call that? So, uh, a rash. <laughs> I don't want to put it that way. A whistleblower. That's a much nicer way to put it. Um, I think someone in the team ratted them all out already to the feds. I saw something about that. Right, about their backdoor access and how they were doing it, I think, yeah. Um, you were pointing out that um, the Alameda lead um, spot in New York like ordering posh coffees. Um, posh for America. Slum for Europe. She's walking around Manhattan like she she should have been arrested off the plane. She could have been in talking to the SEC, bro. <laughs> you know, like she could have been there. She could she could be the whistleblower. So I think you're seeing just like look, it's you're seeing a lot of people who happen to be young and inexperienced going to be put under pressure by the pros. And I think yeah, I think we'll see this come to a close pretty quickly. Right, seeing the it's the comments of the new FTX CEO. Mm-hmm. that are just so clear to me i posted something today and um it was like look this there's nothing hard about this this is old school embezzlement end of you know using customer funds to embezzle he was like you know don't try to don't try to think too hard about this yeah and i think that was you know it's just that's straightforward so hopefully this new cycle will move on i think there is a bit of pressure on binance now um mm-hmm. if anyone has been following that more closely i think commander Whitloff was um mm-hmm. that'd be interesting but I have seen like um, there's a lot of Bitcoin being removed from from Binance. Well, there was um, a lot of FUD coming out at the start of the week saying that all oh, Binance was going through the same shit. You know, people were just essentially. I, I, it it sounded like FUD to me. It wasn't really backed up by any factual evidence that I saw. Right. They're just like, oh well, FTX went through, and so you know, Binance is probably on the line too. Which is just a dumb, you know, the dumbest of assumptions that you can make. Binance has been very cordial and like, like direct and honest with their customers, uh, how they, how they do things. And, you know, I, I don't see them. I don't, I don't see them making the same mistakes as FTX did. I really don't. Um, CZ is a much smarter person, in my opinion, than Sam. 
I think so. I think, look, I hope, like, I think, look, there's a lot of people who have the knives out right now for CZ because yeah. he called bullshit on FTX and Kevin O'Leary was one. He was in, there was some sort of Senate testimony stuff today and he was like, asked the question, why did FTX fail? He was like, it should be clear because their competitor took him out and it was like, this should just be a big, you know, size 36 font at the bottom. Kevin O'Leary has paid 15 million by FTX, probably from customer deposits, be their spokesperson, because that's what that kind of fund center this week. But um, look, stay frosty. You never know. Um, I think there are some questions about Binance, especially their actual ownership mm-hmm. um, that need to be answered. Um, but just be aware of FUD. Yeah, there's, you know, look, if you have Bitcoin, there's no, if you have a large amount of Bitcoin, there's no reason to be leaving it on Binance. <laughs> if you have that much, you should have cold storage, however it was, right. you know, your offset. You, you, if you have enough Bitcoin, you have enough to spend on OPSEC, you know? Exactly. So yeah, I think um, hopefully this crypto thing will just wash out and it'll just become irrelevant again for it. I just hope to hear nothing about crypto in the mainstream news. I'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we want. Six six months, eight months of that. The thing Probably is, the pe- people are not paying attention to what's happening in the background. You know, the transaction uh, amounts across all, almost every chain, AVAX, Ethereum, Polkadot, they're all increasing. They've all been increasing since this whole thing went down. Um, the whales are continuing to buy massive amounts of, of Chainlink and Ethereum and, and everything in between. Um, yeah, I think just the veil's been pulled over. People are at that point of depression and uncertainty about what's going to happen next. And they've just, you know, they've thrown their hands up. They've walked away. And it's the worst decision you can make at this point in time, in my opinion, you know, even if we do get some sort of fake rally and we do get rejected from some sort of macro lower high and we take one more deep dive down, let's say we have another six month decline after maybe a two month bullish explosion. You know, I think that that would be fine. It's the same setup as we had in 20, in 2018, 2019, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's where I, I'm, I'm finding it you know, hard to communicate because I'm trying to preface everything because I think people's expectations are just too simplistic. We go down, we go up. Yes. Yeah, we might go up and then we might go down. And like when you actually look at a chart or a fractal, there's loads of retests at this level like as a low or near it. So, you know, we could do this sideways for, hopefully we do. I'd love if we did for 12 months. I would just be fine with it. Oh, absolutely. I just, I would like to see more volatility coming in. You know, if we could play between 30 and 20 mm-hmm. instead of, you know, like yeah. 18 yeah. and 17. Yeah. You know, get off. Yeah. Support, like, please. Come on, boys. Let's get the, let's get the volume going. Let's get the volatility going again. Let's get some real trades back in. Uh, that 30%, you know, 30% back and forth would be fah, beautiful. It would give the altcoins tons of time to, you know, start and continue rallying, building themselves up from their completely oversold metrics that we've seen across the board. You know, most of these altcoins are down 90 to 95% from their highs. It's, it's the, yeah, it's the perfect time, perfect time to start seeing things shifting again. It's kind of going to be a classic narrative shift change as well when, you know, I think this trial that comes up and it's going to be very public and it's just going to be very indulgent, you know. And it's going to be dancing on crypto's head. 
um, by people who haven't even like just checked the Wikipedia page for Bitcoin to understand. You know, it's completely transparent. I hear this misnomer a lot. And I think that's bottom, you know. And they'll move on to whatever breaks in next. You know, I think it's going to be property, commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. And that's a much bigger bubble and it's going to dominate the new cycle in a much different way. It's going to hurt that. Right. People, yeah. and, they, and they just don't understand. Like, wait, what, what, what about FTX? What about the FTX issue? Was anything crypto related? Right. It wasn't a crypto issue. It was a, it was a money laundering and embezzlement issue. It wasn't. It wasn't that cryptocurrencies are evil and bad, and we need to regulate the crap out of them because it's so unsafe. It's no. It has nothing to do with crypto in general. It had to do with a shitty company with shitty leadership and young and young minds behind it who thought they could get away with something, you know, that's been tried and tested over the last two hundred years and never worked out. Yeah. Right. It's the same. It's so. The same. Custodian chip of assets and then embezzlement, you know, probably have done it like with the abacus, you know. That's what I'm and saying. Like, blockchain. But but they're gonna but they're gonna vilify crypto because of the whole FTX thing. Oh well, they lost all the money, and you know, crypto's bad, and we gotta regulate. This is why. And it's like, no, you need to just like <laughs> stop endorsing shit companies who are getting involved in this advertising standards. It just yeah. wouldn't like just enforce normal advertising centers. I'd be more interested to see what the EU do because, mm-hmm. like, I think they've already kind of stated DCB. Actually, we don't we don't want to have anything to do with crypto regulations because it's a Ponzi. And we don't care. <laughs> like, I love it. It was kind of like you know, it was definitely leave things alone and it'd just be pursued to normal advertising standards. You know mm-hmm. why? Why did the broadcaster allow this? You know, the publication allow this to be an illegitimate business if it isn't you know, complaint to regulations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Staying pretty seriously. Um, but in the US, I think they've got a bit of a problem, man, because like, Gary Gensler, like, that's what this dude was here for, you know? And he left a really simple one, like, happened under some watch. Like, you know, you Matt Damon and that football mm-hmm. player, Tom Brady, and stuff like that. Like, what was <laughs> Gary Gensler up to? So, be interesting watching, like, he's a bit of an indicator for me. If he doesn't come under pressure, you know, they're not really going to change anything effective. Mm-hmm. They'll have to chop his head off if they really want to, like, put some handcuffs on crypto or bring in someone else. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. Leave us alone. Leave us just, yeah, leave us alone. It's fine. <laughs> it's like repeating a class in school, like, you know, can we just repeat, like, you know, the last four years in crypto development? Right. You know, before it goes mainstream, when you're buying TCC for, Three thousand bucks. It just—it's just so funny because the use cases have only increased. The transactional uh, amounts have only increased. Like people just don't get it. You got more and more people every day using cryptocurrencies as a more mainstream type of 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 method to, you know, make payments or send money to people or whatever that may be. And people just don't—they don't see that. They don't see the the back-end metrics where that's where they should be paying attention to. What happens in the foreground, you know, doesn't mean shit of what's happening in the background. That's the real, that's the real stuff right there. So, man, um, yeah, I feel like we've been going on for about 45 minutes. I think we'll close things off with what we've said. Um, as always, my friends, make sure you guys check out tripleconfirmation.com for all the fine details about the trading bot, Triple Confirmation bot. 
You guys can try out our alpha for free if you've never heard of this before. Again, go and check out tripleconfirmation.com. And with that being said, we hope that you guys have a great rest of your Wednesday. Take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye.